Welcome to episode 223. The tide, it looks like it's turning on COVID. Is your church ready to reach the community? Three strategies for relational momentum before Easter. That's today on The Reclaimed Leader. Welcome to The Reclaimed Leader, a podcast by two pastors trying to lead their churches through revitalization and change. Their mission, to share their journey with you so it might help you in yours. And now, here, please welcome our hosts, Jason Tucker and Jesse Skiffington. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 223 of the Reclaim Leader, equipping churches for turnaround change. I'm Jason Tucker, here again with Jesse Skiffington. How's it going, Jesse? Doing well, Jason. Just plugging away, man. You know, I kind of feel like this is one of those times where we're seeing some light on the horizon. The fog, you know, if you've ever been in a fog bank and you're wondering is when's the fog going to break and you get a little glimpse of the land on the far side and you're like, okay, the sun's about to break through. It feels a little bit like that to me right now, Jason. And I, I know we've gotten our hopes up before about the <laughs> pandemic coming to a close. So, man, if this- We announced thing, it was over oh, like a year ago, man, I think. If, the, if it turns around again and we end up back you know, in, uh, you know, lockdown or whatever happens, it's going to be personally, it will feel crushing. We would make it, it would be okay, but it does feel like something's different just in the rhetoric of the kind of the, the people that are having these conversations out there and what we're kind of sensing and hearing, maybe we're coming to the end of the fog bank and something new is about to happen here in the coming months. I think we definitely are. I, I really do. And, you know, based on what we're seeing around here, if you're, you know, we're just listening in real time. We just where where we are here in New Jersey, the governors of New Jersey, Connecticut, New York have all come out and talked about lifting um, mask restrictions or mandates. Uh, schools, we just got an email from the school saying that they plan on going mask optional on March 7th. So it does feel like something has shifted. And as this wave continues to plummet, and I think here's here's the real takeaway for me is that this next few weeks before Easter, I think is mission critical for our churches. Yeah, I think our yeah. churches are desperate for people to get connected, mm-hmm. or the people are desperate for churches to help them get connected because we are seeing this hunger for community like crazy. I don't know if you guys are seeing the same thing. Definitely. Yeah, we've had, I mean, I, it's funny because, bef- you know, before the pandemic, we would track any new guests, you know, as best we could um, and go, okay, this is how many guests we're having on average, you know, each week during the year. And we've seen people coming in pretty significant numbers that I don't, you know, if we compared apples to apples on it, I think we're, we're seeing new people. People have moved into our communities you talked about the great migration, the great resignation, all that. It's kind of unsettled, disrupted, and, and um, sort of, uh, I don't know, tilled up the soil, if you will. And now people are wanting to gather back again, find their where their community is going to be. And so I think this is a key moment where we have the opportunity to respond to those longings. And, and it doesn't need to be complicated, but we have to think, uh, think it through and then act pretty quickly because the opportunity is going to be here or it's really right on top of us now. I, and I've, I've encouraged our folks and this is a conversation I'm going to have with our, our elder board um, next week is now's not the time to Presbyterian this thing to death. <laughs> <You> <laughs> I know what I mean? Like, like, like let's do a study 
And then, you know, let's see what the need is. And then let's spend, you know, we'll meet once a month and then we'll talk about what are the needs and, and then we'll Jason, execute a plan in a year. Just yeah. t- let's just, can we just <laughs> hit the pause button on this conversation until next month? You know, yeah, let's just right. give it some more time for us to think and discern and really just process. You know, process I mean, obviously we make that. fun and discernment's an important thing, but oh, this is the sure, kind absolutely. of thing that doesn't need. But haven't we discerned already? Right. 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 <laughs> like, here's the thing. The vision and mission God has given us, we discerned that, we thought it through, we prayed about it. We have our strategies and ideas. Community and creating the context for people to be together in community is not something you have to discern. It's a, it's a biblical mandate. It's right there. We should, we should do it. So um, how, how do we, you know, we're kind of, we've gotten a little far afield from our, <laughs> our focus here, but how, what are we going to do to meet this longing, Jason? And, and especially as people kind of go, oh, collectively we're sort of the, the temperatures going down we're we're seeing more signs of it's okay to go out it's okay to be together and i think we'll see more of a cross section of the population coming together maybe people who didn't feel comfortable before or who are new to our community they're going to start coming and showing up again and um we need to be ready when that happens absolutely so you've heard of the great resignation and you know part of that was People making big life decisions and deciding, hey, what do I really want to do with my life? If life is as fragile as it's as we've all seen, I mean, gosh, nine hundred thousand dead of COVID in the United mm-hmm. States in the last yeah. two years. Yeah, um, you know, people moving from cities, people moving to cities, but you get the sense that that has kind of settled down. That people have sort of settled and put to whatever their new thing is going to be. Mm-hmm. And and I want to coin this phrase. So so if you hear this going forward, I said it first here, and I want full credit because that's what <laughs> life is about. Um, is that I'm calling it the great connection. Mm-hmm. I think there's an opportunity for our churches here ba- that sort of lines right up with the deepest hunger of people around us, Absolutely. and that is that hunger for connection. I feel like they're as hungry as ever. Yeah. And a lot of this has bubbled up through our, our small groups. And this is what led us as a leadership team to start talking about this is we just, we just launched our winter small groups. And in one of the groups, uh, it came back to us after week one, the people in that group were a mix of non Tower Hill people or new to Tower Hill people. And they're all just like, we don't know anybody. We don't even know how to go about meeting anybody. Mm-hmm. I feel so isolated or like I come to church on Sunday, but I don't even know how to get to know anybody. Uh, there's such a deep need for connection. And it's funny because the two who are leading that study are both on the leadership team. And they came back and hijacked our conversation this week. It's like, oh my gosh, we were just talking about this. What are the pain points? What are people thinking and feeling? And, and it has been kind of roaring back to us that people are really craving connection now. Give us some some space, some opportunities to connect. I think I think that's exactly right. And we know this because this is kind of how the the gospel functions that when people become dissatisfied with the world as it is, they they you know, that's their they're saying no to that, they're turning toward the peace, the hope of God. I think in the same way like the isolation, loneliness, all that there's a deep dissatisfaction with the feeling of being isolated from community that is uh, behind that desire. So we're just going, I miss it. I long for it. I wish this was different. How can the church meet that need? Give them something to turn to 
that provides an opportunity for connection and community. So the great connection, I almost hijacked. I almost said it before you said it, just so I could be the one you could be like, you know, but no, we'll let you have it, Jason. It's a good one. Thank you. You know, I need a bone every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but if you think about this, this this makes sense theologically for how we're totally. hardwired for community, and it makes sense in what we've seen in the pandemic. What have we seen? The rise of stress, anxiety, depression, um, substance abuse increases, uh, largely to do with social isolation. Yeah. You, you yep. throw on top of that the stress and anxiety of oh my gosh, like <laughs> it's like every time you turn on the news, there's some new horrible thing. I remember it was like two weeks ago. There was there was this uh, asteroid comes close to hitting Earth. News yeah. at eleven, you know, like what? Just leave that Please. one off. If it didn't hit us, just let like, that. Story I really go. don't yeah. need that. Yeah, in we my don't life. need that. You know, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's like ten million miles away. Great. <laughs> you did not need. You should have led with that. But um, is it? I do think. Come. I mean, just pause on this for a second because I do think that these two years have called us back to some some just basic needs and longings that we all have as human beings. And this is one that just screams out that was already present before. I mean, you know, in, in England, they had that, um, that effort at the, uh, you know, at the national level, they called the ministry of loneliness and they wanted to create places for people to come. Um, it was geared more towards seniors, but it was really to create spaces for people to come together and not feel alone. And that was already present before the pandemic. And then the isolating reality of the pandemic, I think just took that and pushed it to the, to the edge. And so this is coming to one of our basic longings and needs as human beings, the way God created us. We need relationship. We need community uh, to give us a sense of being tethered to something, something that can hold us um, in the midst of the things we go through. So um, I'm excited. I think it is a key moment uh, for us as, as things shift. So how do we start thinking about connection and how do we do it in a way that it's not some, some huge thing that is so overwhelming? Right. Um, I think the key here is let's not worry about how much money and, and this big sort of huge campaign. I think, I think this moment is more like that scene um, in Apollo 13 where, where it's, you know, we got to make this fit into this using nothing but this. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's really So good. what are the resources that we have on hand to yeah. pull off more connection between now and Easter? I want to timestamp it to Easter because I think that's a real benchmark. Yeah. And, and I'm probably things will be different on the other side of Easter too. So what are some things we could do now with the resources we have? Yeah. And so there are three strategies I'd, I'd love to talk, you know, kind of share today. And this yeah. is what we're talking about as a church. I love it. I think this is good stuff, Jason. And I think um, sometimes if we try to to overreach on these things and make it more complicated than it needs to be, it paralyzes us and we don't really do anything. So I really appreciate it. these are just straightforward in, in uh, for us, but I think really crucial to just kind of go, OK, what can we do right now uh, to create those opportunities as we head into Lent and then Easter on the horizon? So, um, yeah, let's just dive into them and, and look at these three that um, that you guys are working on. And I see those reflected in some of the things we're working on, too. Yeah. So the first is the return of social gatherings slash events. So one of the things that, that we're thinking through is how do we create more opportunities, especially for these newer groups or folks at Tower Hill to connect. And for us, you know, we are certainly we're, we're a larger church. And so we had a lot of folks join us and start to start attending in the middle of the pandemic. We had a lot of people leave 
or just sort of like disappear like all churches. And then we had a lot show up, but a lot of those folks haven't even been in all the parts of the building yet. I mean, they don't even know really know. I mean, they send their kids to the Sunday school and some of them have never even seen it. So there's just like a lot of folks need to connect. So we're like, well, how do we create opportunities? So we're thinking about literally it's the most unoriginal idea, a newcomers club where we're going to invite anybody who, who considers themselves new. So I would even say somebody who joined us in 2019 might still feel new because during the pandemic, they didn't meet anybody. Yeah. And, and uh, we're planning on renting out some space in a local restaurant, uh, like a private room with some appetizers and just like a, a, a drop in event. And they can just come and meet literally newcomers club. And the idea is we're going to invite our, all of our small group leaders to attend because they're the most, they're like the front lines of the connectors of the church. We're also inviting all them to invite their entire group, even if not everybody's new, because right. we want a mix of people who are part of the church, but we also don't want it to be a y'all come for the whole church. Cause I don't, I don't think that's really going to achieve what we want. We want those new folks getting together and we want strategic leaders present. And so we're planning to try to pull this off in the next three weeks, which, because we feel like we need to do it before April hits because it's like game on as far as everybody's busyness. So we're trying to do this pretty quickly, but we think just a social gathering event and see if we can get a lot of those folks to show up. Yeah. And I, and just make up a reason you don't, you know, like it doesn't need to be um, connected to some big program or something, but yeah, go, Hey, we're going to get a lot of you are newer during the pandemic. Hey, let's all get together, get to know each other. I mean, that's great. I mean, I love that idea. We're using um, our, our playground. We've been building a playground and uh, we were using that as an excuse. It'll be done. So we're going to have a ribbon cutting thing and a little small potluck. And um, that's where we're going to say, hey, if you're you're, we're going to celebrate as a church family, but we'd love to connect with you, especially if you're new or new with us, a great opportunity to get to know some folks. And so, um, yeah, just maybe use something you're already working on as an opportunity for a social gathering or um, or whatnot. And I would add this to, um, I think this kind of ties into your next point, so I don't want to walk on that, but we've just been talking to our core people that are connected and have been pretty engaged throughout saying, hey, this is our opportunity to really invite people to come with you wherever you're going in the in the church. And so if you're going to go to an event, invite someone new along with you, kind of be their guide, be their host, um, introduce them around. And those things, that's for me, for my money, that's the best way for people to connect they can sign up on a list or whatever. That's great too. But when someone invites them and puts their arm around them and says, let's go together, that makes a huge difference. Absolutely. And, uh, and so, you know, our youth ministry, everybody's thinking about how do we, uh, kind of throw in maybe, maybe a bigger sort of game night for the kids or something that's going to be attractional. It's going to be a thing to show up to, but it's also going to create opportunities for connection for a lot of folks who've been on the fringe or maybe don't even know how to connect. So, Yep. on all of that. And, and as you said, sort of dovetailing to point number two is, again, how do we leverage existing opportunities for connection? Right. So for us, as we're having this conversation, we have a larger goal in mind down the road. I'll just throw that in. We're thinking about establishing more neighborhood based community groups that sort of act like micro churches. Yeah. Um, that's part of our long, long range goal. And, but, and we see this as a step 
to, to that goal anyway. So all that we're talking about is in that direction. Um, but leveraging existing opportunities, we were thinking we, we have a, a group of older congregants, um, seniors, and we, we had for years a really strong uh, seniors event that, that they would put on every month uh, called Young at Heart. And it was a lunch, a lunch and entertainment for seniors and they would like shuttle in folks from assisted living and and actually the folks from tower hill would be the servers and they would cook the food even though they were all seniors as well it's a really cool thing obviously that was the first thing to stop when the lockdown happened because of the vulnerable age group and it's it'll be the last thing to come back but we're thinking that group more than anybody they're the most vaccinated but they're the most isolated at the same time. So we're thinking, how do we create a social connecting opportunity for them? And it just so happens we have a hymn sing that uh, we do once a year that's scheduled for right before Easter. And we just thought, you know, again, Apollo 13, uh, how do we fit this into this using only this? We said, well, let's, let's just throw a potluck onto that and turn it into a thing. So we'll have a potluck dinner followed by the hymn sing. And we think that'll be a real home run. So thinking about in your church as pastors, what can you leverage that's already on the calendar yeah. to be more, more interactive, more relational? Yeah. So maximize those opportunities. Don't. Um, so if you see something that you could maybe add on the front end or the back end of, of some, some fellowship type experience or connect uh, connection, I think that's crucial. So um, yeah, I, awesome. I love that. Um we we've been thinking about that in the context of our Sunday mornings, as far as um, just creating space on either end where we're really saying, Hey, stick around, hang out and get to know each other. So you can do it in subtle ways. And then like you guys are doing with your hymn sing, you could plan it, announce it, get the word out about it. And, uh, but creating, increasing the, the, the number of those opportunities for people just to be together in community without, it doesn't always have to be a huge agenda sitting down for a potluck you know, that's, that's where relationships happen. So I like that idea. Good stuff. So maximize leverage those existing opportunities for connection, make the most of them. Yeah. And think about this in terms of creating a connection pathway. Mm -hmm. So you're sort of, this is baked into the process. What's the thing that's not very, um, you know, doesn't create a lot of anxiety. It's not very threatening to people. It's, it's more of a social kind of event, but then how do we plan a next step for them to create a pathway of relationship? How do we then use that event to invite them, say, into a small group yeah. or right? So you're, you're thinking about pathways in the process of doing this. But, you know, think about a relational pathway for Easter. Maybe you all hold um, an Easter egg hunt with the kids. Well, what would a logical next step pathway be? It would be, you know, maybe there's some sort of kids or youth ministry event or family event coming up in May or, you know, I don't know. But what would it look like to have that step ready to invite them to? That's part of the connection is creating this pathway. And uh, so Easter, you know, some people do Easter breakfast. It's so funny, the different cultures of different churches. I've been at churches in the Northeast. They're like, the Easter breakfast is a huge deal. And then here at Tower Hill, everyone's like, no, nobody wants to do that. They all want to go out. <laughs> like, right. right. So it just depends like yeah. where you are. But yeah. how do you leverage what you're already doing? for greater connection. Mm -hmm. And then the third is if you do not have small, any small groups at all, 
I want to encourage you to start one. And, and I'm not counting sort of pre-existing, like I'll use Presbyterian churches, for example. I know every denomination has their own version of this, but every, pretty much every Presbyterian church on the planet has like a longtime men's group or multiple men's groups of people who've been meeting for decades, usually, mm-hmm. and women's circles. Those are fine, but those aren't the same thing as, as short-term small groups like I'm going to talk about. Um, and the reason is you need groups that can form and then unform, uh, nimbly. And so, so when somebody signs up, they don't feel like it's a life sentence, right? It's, it's a short term, low commitment group. And I would suggest whatever your sermon series is this Lent, you could come up with, you know, what are, what are five or six questions each week based on the text? and lead a discussion based on those and invite people to come. Hey, we're doing a sermon series on the gospel of Mark. And so we're going to um, invite you all to this. And you could do it on Zoom. You could do it in person, whatever it looks like. Do some kind of short-term Bible study. Or if you don't want to write one, buy a canned one. It really does yeah. not matter. Yeah. And um, because what we're seeing is, again, people are really hungry for this. And if you do... If you're already doing small groups, double down on that. It's so we just, uh, I think I talked about this last week or the week before that our church just recently purchased a subscription to Right Now Media. Um, I'm doing a sermon series on the Gospel of Mark uh, throughout the end of January into Easter, chapter by chapter. I've never done that before with Mark. And uh, on Right Now Media is Francis Chan's study on Mark, which is just a very different approach. And I just kind of threw it out there. I'm like, well, we have this new subscription, everyone. You're all invited to use it. I'm going to do a, basically a watch party of Francis Chan's Bible study and lead a conversation every week, eight o'clock at night on, on not Zoom. It's, it's the right now platform. I had 50 people sign up. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I truly, who knows how many will sort of stick with it every week. But I think what it speaks to is the hunger for this. Yep. I'm telling you. Your people are hungry for it, whether you realize it or not. So what are some things to do? What's a short-term group that you could put together? Yeah. And short-term, we're talking four to six weeks. We're not yeah, talking that's what 12 I mean, yeah. weeks or 15 weeks or you know, half the year. You want something that people can say yes to, but there's a clear endpoint so that there's an onboarding and an offboarding. Hopefully, it leads them to do something like that again or to form a relationship that turns into the lifelong men's group that they're part of for the rest of their lives or whatever. But for now, the, the next step is to get them into a, sh- a shorter term commitment that is, um, you know, it's significant. Six weeks of study and, and conversation is a lot, but it's not so much that somebody would go, I don't know if I can say yes to that. So especially given the desire for community. So uh, you say double down on your short term small groups. Yeah. So maybe Lent is a good time. I mean, it's built for it, right? Hey, in the lead up to Easter, we're going to be looking at and having conversations about, you know, fill in the blank with whatever you want to do. And um, I think you mentioned this, but this is a really good strategy is if you, if you don't have an outside study, do a sermon-based small group study based on the scripture passages and the content from your messages. You already wrote those sermons anyway. So pull in, unless you stole them from Jason or something, I guess, but um, <laughs> But you, then, you know, pull four or five questions out, have them read the passage, reflect on it, uh, and then ask a couple of application questions. It doesn't need to be um, too crazy. And it gives, um, you know, something for people to to gather around. And isn't that the point? 
we're gathering people in community around, in this case, God's word and, and a conversation, but it's putting people in proximity, meeting that longing, that desire for connection, for community. So small groups have a great way of doing that, and they lead to some other great things down the road for folks. So, um, you know, we're doing, I think I shared this with you, Jason, but we're looking at um, the Psalms of Ascent as we head toward Easter. We're putting them into conversation, of course, with uh, Eugene Peterson's Along Obedience in the same direction. He uses those same Psalms. And, you know, it it's, it's just a, another resource that we're pulling in and saying, hey, if you want to study this alongside our message series, we'd love to have you do that. Get into a group with others that are doing that too. And there's an appetite and a hunger for that. Yeah. And, and listen, you could pick a lot of different things, but if you just started with, you know, these three ideas to sort of get the ball rolling with, uh, it's going to generate momentum and it's going to generate it where it really matters in relational investment. Because I mean, you know, growing close to God and growing close to one another are directly related. And not only that, but as people get connected with one another, they're, it's going to improve connection, pastoral care. They're going to care for one another. Right. Uh, they're going to have more accountability. They're going to be more engaged. Uh, I mean, truly, this is like yeah. the the oil that that makes the engine go. Yeah, I love. Uh, we've talked about this before. I can't remember when the conversation was about uh, leading indicators and lagging indicators or trailing indicators. And trailing indicators are like attendance and giving and things like that that are often on. I tell the story about where you were before. And what was going on then? And they sort of lag behind and they say, well, based on, you know, they're kind of, you know, so if you're, if you're declining, they'll kind of tell that story over time. But if the a leading indicator is something like how many new people did we get into community uh, it, before Easter? And if, if the number's 50, I mean, that's awesome, Jason, right? That's a leading indicator. That's going to lead to lagging indicators like more engagement, more attendance, more giving, more whatever down the road. And so we want to, what are the things that we can do now that are going to contribute towards those leading indicators, like increased engagement and increased connection and community and the things that will bear fruit in not only a person's life and faith, but for the life and health of the church long-term too. So this is a crucial moment just strategically to, to build those opportunities for connection and communities, because the more people that we can kind of meet the moment and help them find that right now, it's going to lead to great outcomes for them, but also for our churches uh, as we go forward. All right. So hopefully this is helpful to all of you as we're uh, thinking about this really wonderful and crazy time where, uh, again, it's it's like we're building the airplane in the air and <laughs> oh, we're trying man. to figure out like, what? <laughs> oh man, yeah, let's just hang in there, that, pastor, yeah. hang in well, there. We're going to get there. You guys are making it. we you know, it does feel like the fog is lifting, Jason. And um, let's let's pray that that is the case. And and if not, we'll be ready. We've we've shown already, all of us out there, you all of you listening in, we've been adaptable. We've had to be, and we're going to need to take that with us into the future, whatever it brings. But it will want to be fantastic to see some of the the weight of this season begin to lift, if that is indeed the case. So can't wait for that. Well, thanks everyone. Thanks for listening and. I definitely feel this. I know you feel it too. Ministry is hard, but it is so much better when we do it together. Thank you for listening to Reclaimed Leader. Join us next time for more insights, interviews, and resources to help you in your leadership journey.